0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to part two, episode six, part two of the It's Cannon podcast. As always, I am your host. I am Boris. And this part, this week, this half, this whatever you want to call it, I am joined by the one, the only, Bill.
1: Hello, hello. I will call it
0: a segment. Ooh. So official sounding. That's yeah, not like almost us. Yeah, it sounds like I'm
1: in the industry or
0: something. I know. I know. How's everything going? Hey, things are good. Good. Excellent. Long time no talk. <laughs> yeah. That's not All right. <laughs> so that song that you heard lead us into the show was Love Under Fire's Swamp Thing, their first release is a sum of all their influences. Swampy blues rock indie pop with an alternative grunge sensibility. In the show notes, you're going to see a Bandcamp link. You should check it out. You should donate. You should listen to that song. You should... um You know, give what you can because all of the proceeds will be going to African food baskets, helping black families and people in need that have felt the greater effects of COVID-19. That's a um, nice local thing here in Toronto. And like I mentioned the last episode, you know, any artists, musicians, creators, content creators, whatever you are, come reach out to us. We will chat. We will get you on the show. We'll get your work out there. We will, you know, we'll help you. We'll do whatever we can. We just want to help other creators, um, you know, do their thing and spread their work.
1: Yeah. And again, shout out to Bandcamp um, doing some great work out there and all the artists. um, Just hit us up at show at itscanonpodcast.com. That's our email. Or uh, find us on any of the social media stuff at it's canon podcast. Uh, it's canon podcast. So,
0: yes. yeah, please, please reach out with some
1: of your creative stuff, and uh, we'll do our best to spotlight it.
0: Exactly. All right. This week we are going to be talking about the brave new world of movies, the movie going experience, the filming, the production, the delays, because COVID nineteen has run amok and made things very difficult for many corporations, and I think every segment in this small little world has been hit in some shape or form and i think the entertainment business and the entertainment industry that relies on strict schedules has been hit fairly hard um, and to the point where production was literally halted on every single thing around the world, we are just now seeing that production is about to start in places like the UK. So Little Mermaid, Batman, um, you know, movies like that can go back into production. But, with there, you know, there's still a lot of delays, even here in Toronto. Who knows when they'll be able to get back to filming? I know that editing... I'm
1: hearing, um, I think California are starting on Monday.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So
1: I think Al- uh, uh, Atlanta's already up and going, obviously. Yeah. And I think when we hit stage two here in Toronto, there might be a glimmer of hope. Yep. I'm not sure what the plans are as far as our film industry.
0: Yeah, it's 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 huge here in Toronto. A lot of shows that people watch are filmed here in Toronto. A lot of movies. There's a lot of just general filming here in Toronto. Um, and I know. And that Vancouver is-
1: as well, like Canada we really incentivize politically a lot of the movie creators to, uh, to get advantage by using Canadian resources and employing Canadian people, um, to do these productions. So it's great. It works out great for everybody. I think we have a lot of sound stages here in Toronto because yep. uh, like, uh, uh, the Del Toro film that won the, uh, the Academy award, you know, the shape of water that was all filmed here in Toronto. Yep. So, you know, it's, um, there's a lot of stuff that sneaks in. Some of it we can spot right out the gate, like Bulletproof Monk. So,
0: <laughs> Resident Evil 2, the movie. Um, here's oh, yeah, something. yeah. I
1: worked in that building.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was hilarious. I was in the Umbrella building. I'm it,
1: like, hey, there's my team masters.
0: <laughs> amazing. Um, here's something that's very interesting that's being filmed here in Toronto, because I'm looking at the... The Actra website, Actra, you know, being the the, the, the actors union here in, in Canada. Um, and one of the series that are being filmed here in Toronto is Why the Last Man. So Why the Last Man is a very super popular comic book um, that goes by the same name. Um, so I know that they were working on a series. I just am finding out now that that is being filmed here in Toronto. I'm just going down the the list. In, well, Umbrella
1: Factory, I believe that's filmed in Toronto.
0: Umbrella Academy, yep. yep. Or That's... Umbrella Academy, sorry. Yep. I'm so... thinking of where they're actually filming.
1: Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, so yep. season one was here, and I think season two is in production or pre-production right now.
0: Uh, season two is done. It's actually going to be released on Netflix oh, in July. There we go. Uh, the Boys, season two, which is filmed in Toronto, Mississauga, Hamilton. Um, there That one was put on hold. Uh, there's just so much. Expand season
1: five. Yep. Uh, that wrapped. So that, um, should be hitting soon. I don't know when it, I guess it depends on when they release the book yeah. as well. And it's not the book of season five, obviously I think it's the ninth or 10th book in the series, but there's a lot of marketing, you know, concern and conflict about that. So whenever the author finishes it, cause this week blew my mind. The author is using a pseudonym to write the expanse and he's actually a prolific writer for a whole bunch of other stuff with game of Thrones and a bunch of other stuff so yeah. i was really i'm impressed with how much this guy is creating
0: so here's something cool that uh being produced filmed whatever uh animated here in toronto and that's the peanuts 70th anniversary documentary um it's classified as an animation its uh, start date was may 27th it doesn't say that it's on hold Uh, So that looks like, you know, you'll be able to work from home and they'll be able to complete it. Uh, The end date right now is scheduled for July 3rd. So that's kind of cool. Peanuts' 70th anniversary documentary.
1: It's amazing how there's a lot of these staples in our culture and then you start realizing that 70 years, you know. I think we talked about the Flintstones last week. Stuff like that, like, it's pretty incredible with um, the depth and the history with some of these properties. So good on them. Yeah, I'll and, be watching it.
0: Oh, for sure. Same here. I you know? I just love Peanuts. I like the, the 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 Snoopy stuff. It just brings back a lot of good nostalgia. Happy nostalgia.
1: Yeah, yeah. And you know what? It's way better than Scooby-Doo. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, I had to shout that out because Scooby had a movie that was called Scoob. That took me like, that That was like a plank to the head. Like, what? Yep. I don't know. I, I enjoy Scooby reimagining Kevin Smith movies.
0: Yeah, that's about it. That's that's that scene <laughs> and that uh, Jane's Bob Strike back is fantastic. <laughs> I love that. It's one of my favorites. <laughs> yep. And you know, it's sorry. Like... And I gotta
1: bring up Kevin Smith more often because he's a hero of mine. Same here. I <laughs> it's, just it's I love just hilarious that we we've been I don't know talking about Star Wars and all these other interests that we all have in comic books and whatnot. Uh, there's this guy that crosses over everything with like this tractor trailer going sideways in Kevin Smith and his content. So good on him.
0: Yep. So, you know, the coronavirus, like I mentioned, hit every sector of the world, including the entertainment industry and especially, you know, um, theaters and movies. And, you know, like I mentioned, schedules are a super important aspect of that sector of the industry. Uh, so, you know, not being able to release the movies in time because theaters were absolutely closed um, has, Put a, I guess, put a lot of people in, in, in war rooms and meetings and trying to think of what they can do. We saw some studios, um, you know, go a different route. You know, um, Trolls, that Disney movie, that's on, <laughs> I forget what it's called. Uh, Artemis Fowl. Artemis Fowl, yep. Yeah. Uh, you know, all of these were pushed from theatrical releases into streaming.
1: Well, this week we had an interesting one in the... Jude Apatow um, won uh, King of Staten Island. And it's interesting because the more I looked at that, the more it related to a story that we covered on here relating to this. It was a fact that AMC theaters wouldn't show it because it's a universal property Yep, and that feud erupted. So they pulled it from theaters without telling the theaters. So the theaters were selling tickets for this thing. And trying to say that this is the first movie since the pandemic's been declared as, you know, managed or whatever. And people are showing up and it's not there. And they're like, Well, here's your money back. Go home and rent it.
0: <laughs> yeah. I love it. It's absolutely... messed up, man. There's a legit feud going on there and it is absolutely crazy uh seeing um what's going on between Universal and AMC. And AMC has made a lot more headlines earlier. This weekend um, They went on record I guess late in the week And they said we will not require Face masks because hashtag Freedom, we're America Ugh. Not going to require face masks Yeah,
1: and you know what It's going to keep me, not that I'd go to AMC, well, we AMC have AMC is gone here Cineplex here, Yeah. alright And that the buyout of Cineplex fell through This week as well yep. So okay. The Canadian landscape is really weird now because the the company that was going to absorb them, a British or UK company, is basically saying that they falsified or or didn't disclose certain amounts of debt, but it's debt that was incurred as a result of COVID nineteen. The so there's an argument, like there's gonna be lots of lawyers and
0: arguments over this. Yep. Well, so yeah, AMC is yeah. AMC is And not- I don't
1: know what exactly to the point of the discussion here. I just don't know what that's going to do for us in Canada. What's going to do North America? What worldwide, the movie going experience? Right.
0: What yep. the heck? So, all right. So you know, I guess let's let's start here. Take a step back and start with the fact that AMC isn't even in Canada anymore. AMC had a huge presence, you know, two thousand up until a few years ago. They just abruptly up and left. Um, AMC was opening up theaters and and they were kind of a cheaper alternative than the other company, Cineplex, um, but for one reason or another, they decided to leave Canada the same way that Target left Canada, by giving us the middle finger, and just abruptly leaving, um, and Cineplex bought out all of their, um, I think they bought out like the Canadian division and, or and whatnot, and they took over all of the theaters, uh, but there hasn't been an AMC here in Canada for many years, uh, but AMC in the States has, you know, been doing their thing, um, and for whatever reason, earlier in the week, they said that, you know, we're not going to require face masks. And then, lo and behold, they have reversed their decision, Um, and they now will require patrons Yay. to wear face masks once many of their theaters reopen July 15th. Uh, the nation, Ooh. the USA's leading theater chain, had wished, as its CEO and President Adam Aaron put, to not be drawn into political controversy. Which that pisses me off because wearing a face mask isn't politics; it's health. But sure, why not? At least at the end of the day, they're doing the right thing. Um, you know, between this whole face mask debauchery and bullshit, and the whole issue with Universal, they're making headlines for the absolute ba- worst reasons at the worst times yeah. when they're trying to rebuild their entire business from the ground up.
1: Yeah. You know, and I, I just keep on going back to the fact, you know, staying as far away from this face mask stuff as possible. I get it. People can choose whatever. I'm going to choose to wear one in public. Um, but that's my choice. So hashtag freedom. Um, really, what gets to the core of it, though, is the titles. All right. So Universal has a big title in Jurassic World, you know, three or whatever that's supposed to drop this year. I don't even know. I haven't looked at the release schedule. I don't know if it's being pushed. I know it's for later in the summer, I assume. Um, because the pre-buzz had just started up. Pre-COVID-19. So that's going to be a huge car wreck of a confrontation in the movie world. Because it's one thing to, you know, the, the newest Pete Davis, Jude Apatow movie. You know, goes to straight to video or whatever. And, and, you know, no, I heard it's a great movie and I'm looking forward to seeing it. I, I just... Would prefer to buy it and own it than rent it for 20 bucks. I think that that's a little bit of a marketing mistake or miss on their front. I would have just gone full digital and just said, you know, you can buy it for $27 Canadian, which is typically what a 4K new release goes for up here. Or, you know, know, rent it, whatever, but they're going with a different strategy. Um, They're going to, I guess, you know, test the market. And just see, so they're basically just renting it for $20. So you'll get it for 24 hours at 20 bucks, which seems to be dear to me. Uh, That's a lot of cash for a chance movie. Um, you know, from some pretty reliable players, but, uh, you know, it's just an interesting strategy. Um, and I'm curious to see how that might affect the movie industry going forward as well with these releases, because that's a legitimate thing, right? Like. What if I can only watch the new Jurassic World at home through rental for like two months? Yeah. Am I going to cave and put that 20 bucks down? Or am I going to hold out and try and, you know, I don't know. I just want to own my copy. You know, because part of the the argument for me after, like we talked about before, the investment of the home theater and the big screen TV and the surround sound and all that stuff is the fact that you can go and buy a movie for $30. And if I went to the movie and I found somebody that maybe, you know, cause going to the movies alone kind of sucks sometimes. It's okay sometimes, but it's not generally great. Like you don't feel good about yourself when you go to check into a movie and you don't have somebody there with you to enjoy it. A friend, a date, whatever, uh, a significant other, whatever the situation is. But the fact is you can't escape that movie experience without probably dropping 50 or 60 bucks, right? But yeah. two tickets and then any food, drink, beverage, you know, anything like that, any experience and they're upping their games in the theater. At least that was the trend here in Canada where they're introducing VIP cinemas and being able to consume alcohol while watching a movie, that type of thing. Um, so they're upping their pricing game too, to accommodate that audience. Right. And to get that upping the tickets for chairs that, you know, give you massages or whatever and move with the movie or love seats and the VIP, all that stuff, the premium content stuff, they're trying to get your premium money. And I kind of like the simplicity of, well, okay, it's out on blue right now, uh, twenty-seven bucks, boom. You know, or wait for it a couple weeks and it probably goes down to twenty. You know, and then I buy it and I go, ah, I'll take a chance on that movie for that. Or it's being reviewed at that point. I got a good idea where my money's going.
0: Do you think that um, this new strategy, that the uh, whole home theater um, viewing opportunity in streaming, and you know, with so many streaming services available right now. Do you think that this is going to negatively affect the art that is filmmaking? You know that there are some true artists in, in the film world. Um, and, uh, you know, for example, Christopher Nolan wants his movie Tenet to only be released in theater. He does not want it to be streamed. He's like the best way and the only way that you will watch this movie is by going to the a theater. I will not bypass the theater. You must watch it. In the theater Do you think that if more production companies Were to start offering You know even streaming Slash in theater releases That it's going to be Affecting the art That is filmmaking
1: Well I, I think this Previously got brought up with The Irishman coming out on Netflix yep. right Because yep. they they basically The director who was it Who did that one Boris Is that Scorsese Yeah He he Yeah. He 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 was like, Well, whatever you do, don't watch it on, you know, your cell phone or your tablet. Yeah. (laughs) You know, he was just like, put it on your big screen and watch it. And I'm like, man, oh man, you put your dog in the wrong race for that because you know, Netflix and it's a long ass movie. You know, and I totally I respect it that the artist would like to do that. Like Christopher Nolan doing that with Tenant. I get it. But am I gonna play to that personally as a consumer, not on your life. There's no way there are certain things in COVID-19 world that aren't going to fly. And I hate to say it. All right. I'm just being brutally honest here. It's my opinion. Going to the movies. Isn't one of them going and sitting in a box with social distancing, whatever I masks, whatever. Okay. Unless I'm in full PPE armor you know that's the only way, and and uh, I I need to have that bubble around me, of six feet. I don't think that that's going to be a fun experience at any point to see a movie on the big screen. Yeah. Unfortunately, this is where an artist's intention, and he's right to have that intention. He's a creator, and he's got a vision, and his visions are great. Inception, like his movies are just fun, right? Interstellar. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of great cinema that he's created, but we're in a different world now. And I think like companies like, I wouldn't want to own airlines. I wouldn't want to own theaters. Yeah, You know, there are certain industries right now that I think are really going to be taking a step back. And I think a lot of people now are going to want to really stay local, vacation local, watch TV at home. Mm -hmm. And then the rise of the streaming. You know, Netflix, Disney Plus, all this stuff, all this content that's being delivered yeah. straight to you on your monthly subscription. And I know that's a whole nother discussion that we've touched on. But those are all legitimate competitors now. Yeah. And I think that as an artist, it's the same as anything else. You gotta you gotta adapt to to the environment. Yeah. Right? Horses are still useful. Horses are still around but it's not the main mode of transportation anymore. Yeah. Right? Like, we have cars now. So, I think this is one of those pivotal moments, whether it was anticipated or not, it should have been. All right? Like, anybody who's looking at what Disney Plus has done by moving their company into that digital market, and we've referenced it before with the discussions with 20th Century Fox, where the owner of Fox is just like, I can't innovate fast enough to keep up with where the movie industry is going He called it, he tapped out Alright, he gave it to Disney for a pretty penny And they said, yeah, we'll take this on We love it Yeah. Alright, the same thing's happening in movies right now And if guys like Christopher Nolan haven't figured that out yet Or anybody else I'm not trying to single him out Like, you know, respect, He was just the like example I, say, I brought up It's just the example, yeah But he's got to start wrapping his mind around the fact that His medium and his art form Is going to be you know, consumed on the smaller screen now.
0: I think that there will be people who appreciate the art and will respect the art and will go to the theater when the time is right and will consume it in such in, in that shape, way, and form as intended. But to kind of, you know, not want it to be released, I think is a little kind of short-sighted when you consider the bigger picture. And, you know, unfortunately, what is the bigger picture... When it comes to movies, ka-ching, 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 and that's yeah. money. Money. Here's talks. Here's, where,
1: here's where you have to start looking at things like Trolls actually probably did better by being released on home video or home distribution yeah. than it would have at the theater, because it was a lot easier for parents and and people who you know their kids want to watch it to basically rent it or or buy it and let them experience it that way, right? It was it was just way more convenient. And secondly, you know, the, the complications of COVID-19. But what are we, like ultimately are we looking at a world where they release the movie at home in whatever format rental, purchase, whatever. And then there's a movement later. All right, let's say we're in this world where we're all vaccinated and the vaccine works, all right? Like there's no controversy, everything's smooth. We all go get our needles or whatever the delivery method is. And then we're all going, we're, no more COVID 19. God damn it. I have the flu, but no more COVID 19. But then they come forward and they say, hey, we're re releasing this movie in the theater. You can now enjoy it, remarket the shit out of it. Yeah. And double dip it. Yeah. Instead of the reverse. Yeah. Like, we're just reversing the train here. We're going to give you the caboose first, and then we're going to give you the main meat. Like it's coming. Right. That's, that's the only solution that I can see where the marketing people are probably rubbing their little hands together and going, how can we get the consumer's money again? Yeah. Cause just like the video games, it's about reissue, right? Just like almost everything. It's about the reissue, right? And the reissue sometimes for an artist is to just bring it back into the realm of, of, the people but the boardrooms behind them always want the money
0: yep that's exactly it now do you think that this is going to be a short-term thing where we're seeing uh, more uh, uh, movies being offered through streaming services or do you think that this is now the new normal for consuming uh, movies so and the reason why I say that's because you know the example that we were talking about where you know, a movie like Tenet. And and again, this is a bad example. Or it can be like uh, Mulan or, you know, it can be any movie. Uh, James Bond. Wonder Woman. Be, Wonder Woman. Yeah, whatever. Whatever whatever movie you want to talk about. Um, you know, where they have the double dip in service now. Then once everything is, I guess, back to quote unquote normal, um, you know, having theatrical re-releases. Um, do you think this is going to be a a temporary thing? Or do you think this is the long-term strategy that these companies could use? And I know there's a lot. Um, we're talking in 100% hypotheticals here. I just want to see, like, how, what, you know, if, if anyone from one of these boardrooms are listening to this podcast and we're giving them free <laughs> advice, you know, how would you, if you were, um, if you had five minutes with, with these people, how would... Will Tobin consume movies moving forward? Hey, I'd prefer
1: them to come out at home. I think it's completely a loaded question, though, because it all depends on how this pandemic sorts out. It really, the longer this goes without, you know, and we're talking about the complexities here within, right, of actual production of a vaccine and distribution. Yeah. All right. So until that's completed, and I can't see that being completed even on the most aggressive timelines until we're talking next year. So that being said, the marketing teams and the boardrooms are going to go back and circle the wagons and come up with and come up with the statistics and the numbers that will prove this works. And they'll try out it many different ways. And once they get that combination, I think the longer you have this situation means the more likely it becomes the new norm. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Right. So I think that that there's going to be a real chance that. Disney plus as a distribution channel sits there and premieres their stuff. And then they're going to come up with some kind of, I, I see this thing that can happen with Disney plus that's unlike Netflix or Amazon prime, Amazon prime and Netflix are purchasing and redistributing movies, right? And TV shows. Like we were talking about Snowpiercer being TNT and CW shows like Riverdale and whatnot. But Disney are owning the content. Do you know how much money is in the fists of Star Wars fans if they issue a physical Blu-ray copy of The Mandalorian? Yeah. You know, like, that's the next hammer to fall in that exploitation chain. Yep. Of just going, hey, look, you can go to this website or you can can actually go and purchase this now and it will be yours forever, you know, and, and... but you know we want the physical media And they're going to throw in You know something like Oh there's going to be the art of the Mandalorian And there's yeah. going to be this special featurette And all these extras that you can only get on the Blu-ray That are not available online And that's just money waiting And you know they're ready to pounce all over that Yep, yep. And I think that that's you know I think there's going to be that the, the shine is wearing off of digital Digital is a great distribution method, but the problem is, is that if my internet's down or whatnot, if I didn't download the movie into said device, if, if the rights get revoked, goodness, you know, I I think that there's a real opportunity for, with how many rights changes there have been with the collapse of different streaming services and whatnot that we've seen, like the ultra Blu-ray or whatever it was, the purple thing that the Ultra Ray or whatever that Sony was pushing for a while and Flickster yeah. and all this stuff. And then all my library, I was lucky enough that anything that I had on Flickster, which wasn't my preferred way to do it, but sometimes I got forced into renewing movies that way transported over to Google play. Yeah. But God, there might be stuff out there that doesn't transfer. That's the and I've whole- had stuff disappear from my Apple.
0: So that's a fantastic point that you brought up And that's something that we haven't talked about in the show And that's the whole DRM and digital rights and, And you know technically when you order something And don't have the physical copy of it You're technically even though you're paying This is why I get upset with paying full price When you buy a digital version of something And that's because you actually aren't owning it you're technically buying a license to watch it as many times as you can have it on all your devices yada 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 but you don't actually own that whatever it is you're buying and on the fine print if that company so happens to change it's the rights in distribution or goes out of business you lose those rights to that copy
1: yeah it doesn't happen often but it could happen right like there's stuff that could just disappear and if you've got a lot of movies in your library, you might not even realize yep. the count's going down. So for me personally, I have a shelf full of all my Marvel movies. I have a shelf full of a whole bunch of Star Wars stuff. You know, it's the old blood collector in me, right? Yeah. And man, I look at stuff and I go, the di- the digital books are a really good example because they used to charge equal price. And there was kerfuffle after kerfuffle about the fact that. A new release book in print would be like 30 bucks, let's say. And then it, that same new release book by the distribution channels logic should be 30 bucks digitally. Yeah. And they got away with that for a long time until people said, no, the physical book costs a lot more to make. So that means I should be getting discounted on the, on the physical, on the digital side. So physical can be whatever price you're going to have to deem that you need to pay for distribution, warehousing, all that stuff, production everything and then you go well okay basically you're just taking the manuscript or the words that the author gave and putting it digitally in there and and you know just doing some formatting so when i get that now i can get that book digitally for a lot less all right so day one i can get x number x you know volume for a lot less if i bought the physical copy yeah now when they did that It became really attractive because now all my library is on a single device. Now it's affordable. A book has cost me $12 at the most. You know, it's reasonable. I think movies need to get there. Like, I think that there's a little bit of space for them to play in that market and there's going to be a threshold of less being more. So if they charge less for the money, but the sales double. You know, and they only reduced it by a quarter, then that's more money in their pocket. But yep. there's a threshold there.
0: What's the incentive as a consumer to buy something digitally outside of convenience right now? There really isn't much. And I guess that's kind of where these companies need to see what, where can we add incentive. And typically speaking, it's on price and making the price lower yeah that's the main driver that that's that's by far the main driver um but yeah so going back to quality uh, too like I'll, i'll say this out of my physical discs one reason why
1: i don't regret buying or maintaining my library yep is because visual quality is high all right and not compromising so the throughput on my hdmi cable setup things like that are important as well as audio quality All right, so again, if I'm watching it on my cell phone, I don't give a crap, right? It's just got to be there. But if I'm watching it on a 55-inch UHD, you know, HDR TV in 4K, I want all the bells and whistles. I want the full experience. And that's where the physical copy is worth the extra money to me.
0: All right, you said I was waiting for you to say that. I was like really hoping that you would say that because there's two things that I want to bring up right now, and that's in in relation to actual quality number one you know when you have something digitally you have to consider internet and there's always some lossless you know you're always going or n- not lossless you're going you're going to get some form of compression s- somewhere you know you're not going to get that perfect yep. quality of whatever now could this be the reason why some directors would want you to go to the theater and watch their movie on the big screen where you get the full experience, the full sound, the full everything, get it the way that it was meant to be watched and not watch it over, you know, where your internet is the main driver of the quality of what you're watching.
1: Oh, yeah, for sure. Like, you know, look at... But this is all depending on the fact that, again, the theater actually calibrates the projectors and, and actually
0: does the work needed so to make sure that the experience you, is proper. Can you bring up your past experience with that issue? In regards uh, well, to like, you know, having
1: when I saw Force Awakens, all right, I'll go in my wheelhouse. First night I saw Force Awakens, I saw it in a retrofitted IMAX theater. All right, so first up they had to wall off the first 5 rows of seats because you couldn't see the entire screen. In the IMAX format. So. That was just. First off it looked weird to me. All right, And then the lights dim. Now the spectacle of the movie. Accounts for a lot of emotion. You know especially with that one. Yeah. But. It wasn't lit right. It wasn't. The darks weren't dark. The um. I felt like I was in an auditorium watching a movie. It just. The lighting. Everything was wrong on that experience, but the emotion of it, Hey, and a camaraderie of being with a whole bunch of other people that I know and really getting excited about it more than made up for it. So yeah. there is that going for theaters, but then, you know, you see it. I saw that movie in the theater. I don't know, probably five or six times. Yeah, And each time was different and it was weird. Sometimes it, it was too loud. Sometimes it was not loud enough. Um, sometimes the seats that, wobble and move took me out of the experience more than it put me into it. I did see one movie that where those seats were really a big advantage and that was gravity. Yeah. When I saw that, because you really felt the weightlessness with the, with the camera movement and the movement of the seats was, was very impactful. Um, almost to the point where, you know, I'd recommend that if you're easily nauseated due to stuff like that, don't do it. Um, I found that, you know, watching it Star Wars in that scenario was sometimes it took me out of it and stuff yeah. like that. So, and here's a scenario where the marketing team is trying to sell me an upgrade and it's taken me out of where the director or the movie was trying to take me. Yeah. So they're cannibalizing themselves on that front. Yeah. So this high and mighty stuff doesn't shine well with me when the back two rows of the theater are equipped with like vibrating chairs
0: yeah. You know, but going back to it, I think, you know, we did raise a very important part in that is making sure that the screens are calibrated um and, and that uh, we're getting the experience in the proper way. I forget who it was that was talking about it. I believe it was the actual director of the movie, but it was uh, they were watching Ford versus Ferrari and uh, there was something wrong with the actual projector and it just completely changed the experience. Um, and, you know, they watched the movie somewhere else, and it was completely different, it was, you know, the way that it was meant to be watched and seen, and so, you know, the whole quality and of, of, the, of, the, of the theater that you're going to, and I guess, you know, the quality assurance that they have to make sure that they're actually following procedure, you know, adds to the overall experience. Like, I, every time I talk about that, I remember this one example that always pops up to my head, and this just goes to show, like, how weird I think about things, and remember things, um, Mortal Kombat, I used to watch Siskel and Ebert every Sunday, and I remember when the original Mortal Kombat, the Mortal Kombat movie came out in the mid-90s, um, Ebert gave it, no, Siskel gave it a thumb up, it came up to Ebert, and he said he wanted to give it a thumb up, but the theater that he watched it in was too dark, so he didn't give it a thumb up Ooh. because of that.
1: You see, that's not cool. He's not judging the art. He's judging the experience. D- this goes, that's a problem. Like I, This is this is like reading uh, uh, a travel site and people give a feedback on the resort and they go, I had a terrible time because I broke my leg on the first day through no fault of anybody but my own. Yeah, And then I had a terrible time because I couldn't swim yeah. and I couldn't boat. And I couldn't do this. And the Mexican hospital was weird, and it smelled funny, like like weird pee. And blah 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 blah. And uh, one star to that resort. And this I'm goes like,
0: back. How is that the resort's fault? Yeah, and this goes back to the entire discussion that we had in the last episode about you know video games and reviewers and the overall experience and how exactly. you know the atmosphere and all that actually contributes to it and why reviewers don't matter. But you know. The reason why I brought that up is not so much because of, you know uh, 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 of that example, but it was more the whole um, you know the QA of the theater really adding to the experience of watching movies. Uh, so hey, going if
1: th- directors are going to play that card, then they have to answer to that. Yes, right there. Like
0: that. That's our. I guess that's our thesis here, that if directors really want to play that card, you know. Let's make sure that theaters are yeah. doing the right we, stuff. We have to
1: make sure that compliance is there and it has to be an issue that's, that's actually recognized and enforced. You yeah. know what I mean? Like if, if people are coming out and just having a terrible experience because the theater is too dark or too light or the, the color seemed off or the sound was not working, like, you know, it doesn't take much to, as a consumer, I will say this. I've had a few experiences in my life where I walked out of a the theater and I I was upset and I, you know, I don't normally do this. I'm not an outspoken person when it comes to my experience and, you know, at a restaurant or a movie theater. However, there have been times in the past where I've come out of the theater and I've said, my experience was completely ruined through, you know, an altercation or whatever that happened in the theater. I wasn't watching the movie. I was watching two people have an argument or the police coming in to arrest somebody or whatever the situation was. Where were you watching and I go movies? to the manager. Oh, I know. But, you know, you go to opening nights and yeah, yeah, shit yeah, happens. I I People know. are just spanked or whatever. And I, I remember it happened on oh, Lord of the Rings premiere. This is going way back, right? <laughs> and I remember I would take the day off work to go watch the premiere, right? And there was a fight that and somebody said that they had a gun and the police came in and it was... It was just like a holy shit moment. I, I can't remember the was Lord of the Rings or not. But anyhow, it ends up, you know, I went to the manger and I'm like, what the heck? And he's just like, here's two free passes. Like, yeah. come back to the theater some other time. Watch the movie on us. You know, and they, the management are, to their credit, equipped to deal with mistakes. And mistakes happen. And we just have to be human beings about it. It's not something to light a fire over or anything like that or really get too upset about this is let's just everybody keep our head together and just go and say, hey, look, you know, I'm dissatisfied with this. I just dropped seventy dollars in your theater. They know if they gate you for free, you're still gonna buy some popcorn. You're still gonna buy, you know, look at how much popcorn is, and then look how much popcorn is at the movies. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know the the four dollar chocolate bar only exists at the movies and probably in certain gas stations. You know, convenience pricing. So, and I, that all fuels the movie industry, right? It's not the movies themselves as much. And as well, something else that stands out in my mind, and I didn't research this, but even for that, that King of Staten Island movie, the universal or whoever the distributor was, I apologize if it isn't, whoever the distributor was tried to renegotiate the showing, uh, uh, split ratio. So this is something that they do for big movies. I don't think anybody is thinking the newest Pete Davis Judd Apatow movie is a big movie, but it's it started to get momentum, I guess, in somebody's mind, because it was a movie release in post-pandemic, you know, trying to pretend that everything's not happening world. Um so they started to aggressively negotiate with theaters about the profit, you know, division and how much would be going back to the, you know, instead of the movie theater. To the studio. And obviously, the movie theaters got a little bit pissy about that. And, and rightfully so. Again, they're the ones that haven't been able to take a customer in or charge us overtly for popcorn. Yeah. You know, for months now.
0: So, in this brave new world, what we're going to be seeing is we're going to be seeing limited seating capacity, social distancing, new cleaning procedures, hand sanitizer station, yada, yada, yada. Hey, man. Yada. Have cash. You ever Here's been a big one, a cash, cash-free concessions. And that, that's something yeah. that, you know, when the whole pandemic started um, and, you know, people were trying to go to grocery stores and get whatever they needed, the first thing I told my parents was, stop using cash. Yep. Now, yep. you yep. know, taking a look at all of this, you know, the, the one thing that everyone always highlights, and it's the whole cleaning procedures. Like, I love how we as a society... <laughs> You know exactly where I'm gonna go with this. You know. I'm not
1: sure, but I've got a comment about it.
0: <laughs> okay. I, I About I, the know.
1: the cleaning, all right. How many of us have gone to a late night showing? Everyone? All right. So you're going to the nine o'clock, eleven o'clock showing yeah. where the theater's been packed for two movies before yeah. or one movie. And it smells like butthole in there. Yeah. Like it just it's just fucking armpit and ass yep. Yep.
0: in that theater. And you're gonna tell me that they're gonna come up with some kind of way to HVAC that now? <laughs> yeah. Well, my my whole thing about the whole <laughs> new cleaning procedures is you kind of make it sound like it, cleaning wasn't a priority before. <laughs> like, yeah, what exactly. standards did we have in regards to cleaning that now cleaning is becoming like top of the list priority for uh, restaurants and and theaters and public and spaces, barbers, barbers, okay. I'm like, they're now charging extra, okay?
1: And this is a pet peeve of mine. But they're now charging extra because, like, I get it. Their business is impacted because of the amount of time they're having to take the care and, and whatnot. So I'm I'm gonna, you know, anti my own argument here. But it bothers me that they're sitting there saying that they have to clean up now.
0: Yeah. I'm like, you should be cleaning up the hair that comes off of me. I know. You we're should be sterilizing the comb. Yeah. <laughs> like... I know we're being super facetious right now and just taking it like. You know, black and white, but it's kind of to me, it's hilarious that now we're talking about cleaning and how important cleaning is in restaurants and barbershops.
1: Sorry, it's five dollars extra to have your
0: comb cleaned now. Jesus Christ.
1: It's just weird. How come it wasn't clean
0: before? That's, like, that's my whole point. That like it's a, to me it's funny that I clean
1: the flu. I'm trying not to do anything, you know, at work and then I go get a haircut and they're like the flu comb is being <laughs> pulled through my hair. Like it like I say think about that people. Like about going into a movie theater and like I say the late night showing still smells like the crowd before. It smells dank in there. It smells moist. Ew. All right. And Ew. now think about coronavirus. <laughs> all right. That seems like I'm not an epidemiologist or whatever they're called or an infectious disease doctor, but I think that's the environment that this virus thrives <laughs> in. All right. is dank and moist. <laughs> all right. <laughs> that's so weird. am I going to feel comfortable? Oh, I'm socially distancing, but this guy is sneezing and I can see it
0: filtering up through the 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 theater light <laughs> like the droplets are everywhere <laughs> that's that's my weekend name dank and moist <laughs>
1: dank and
0: moist dank and moist it's just
1: that i don't know and maybe that's just me no, all it's... right maybe it's you too i don't know but that whole thing lives in my mind and yeah. that's what will discourage me unfortunately like the raw truth of it that scares the living shit out of me. Yeah. As far as, and full disclosure, all right, I am in a high risk category due to previous like underlying conditions. All right, so this isn't just a, a guy ranting on here, but you know I'm in a, a position where I have underlying condition and I'm at high risk. So my odds of survivability off of contracting this virus are drastically lower than, than you know younger people or, or whatever. But I don't think at any point that I would you know, encourage people to take the risk. I just think that until we're in a world where the world is a safer place, that's when we can start examining going back to the old ways. But I think we're going to find new ways.
0: Yep. New, clean ways that aren't thick mm-hmm. and moist. We'd like to see clean be further promoted
1: and I would also like to see clean not be an extra cost item all right my expectation as a customer is it's clean
0: that's the thing like what were they doing before this
1: apparently there's like probably some closet full of hair at my hairdressers or it's just weird to think about man I like I say I get it you're not going to be able to book as many clients you're going to need to spend more time and that's where the convenience fee goes, but they always tag on and hygiene. Yeah. Oh, it's really unclean now. Like, oh. <laughs> <Yep>.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's ridiculous. So,
1: I don't, I, it's, it's just the new world, right? And that's why we're talking about it and whatnot. And hopefully we're getting a laugh out of it. Cause that's what we're doing right now because it is pretty serious stuff. And you know, it's going to affect us all in whatever way. Right? It's, 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 I don't know how many people have formed thoughts around this stuff too or made the same observation. But, yeah. uh, yeah.
0: I know you're, you're seeing me do some weird hand gestures right
1: now. Yeah. I saw a shadow cross. So, like, I know you're interacting with somebody.
0: Not you. Oh, yeah. Exactly. Oh, oh my God. God. We're going to hell Is in the a barber's basket right now. Life? Talking about, isn't it funny? Dank and moist. Boom. Shadow over Boris's webcam. <laughs> Oh, man. (laughs) For those of you listening, please know that it's 12.30 in the morning. (laughs) We're still recording. Yeah, yeah.
1: So, eh,
0: you know. Dank and moist. That's I,
1: I I cringe at using the word moist because I know almost everybody hates that word. That's
0: why I'm constantly repeating it. (laughs)
1: Yeah. I kind of felt that
0: The minute I left. I'm literally but, the worst host ever.
1: So, no. I, I get over the fact that it, it stink. It, oh, they're crowding in the air. Yeah. So, when you get in there, you go from, like, minus 10 degrees to butt temperature in 20 minutes. Because most of the time, I start watching the movie, and I'm, like, sweated up or whatever.
0: And the next thing you know, I'm, like, hot in here. No, I know that feeling. Oh, I know that feeling real well. I kind of yeah. feel like that right now.
1: <laughs> yeah, and we are in heatwave territory right yeah.
0: now. No, so going back to, like, the Brave New World of what these theaters are going to be like, it's going to be really interesting to kind of see, like, how these theaters are going to break, break even. Like, AMC, you know they're going to be hurting. You know that they already are hurting as a company. Um, it'll be very interesting to kind of see where they go from here in regards to... Um, business. And I think pissing off consumers and pissing off studios is not the way that a company should be doing business right now.
1: And then, even beyond that, Cineplex here in Canada and their deals falling through. Yeah. Who knows what's you know, like financially that's got to be.
0: And that's thing. Like, what if Disney, um, HBO Max, Disney Plus, HBO Max, um, and 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 you know whatever else um, you know, Peacock for for Universal stuff. Um, what if they're not put investing millions and millions into these streaming services because they do see that at some point in the near future theaters are going to blow up and not be a thing. Well, or I think less of them to you know bring think in some cash flow the that threat they're- that
1: that. The new production ideas have. Again, I'll go back to it, but the volume in The Mandalorian. Yeah. Now we're talking about being able to produce realistic effects, movie quality, realistic effects on a TV show within a budget. Yeah. I, don't, I know their budget's probably very generous compared to a lot of other stuff, but it's still a threat to movies that, again, as a consumer, I would rather watch a mini series of eight, one hour or half hour shows. You know. In comparison to watching an hour and a half. Of crammed story. Into a film. Because yep. I'm going to get more characters. I'm going to get more experiences. I'm going to get more. Uh, relation points. You know yep. with the protagonist. Or whoever. Whoever's in the story. I'm going to get to know them better. And I'm going to be able to mine them better. For the stuff that I enjoy personally. Right. Yep. Like the, the geeking out. Or whatever. So. So. That in itself is a huge threat to the movie theater yeah. industry. And it's also good for the movie theater industry because I, I don't know, maybe that means that what is the new environment that they're going to be filming in? I know you talked about this earlier, but <clears throat> I think it's worth chasing this rabbit a little bit right. So in that. what do, What do we do? Like look at sports. We have Florida where it seems the entire state is dank and moist <laughs> as far as coronavirus goes. All right. Because it seems to be proliferating like crazy. Oh, and by the way, Cineplex here in Canada are doing face masks as optional, according to the latest yeah. information. So I'm weird. That's a weird decision. But anyhow, it seems like coronavirus is is you know making its second wave or enjoying its first wave in in place like Florida, who's wide open, and obviously all the sports teams are going down there because they're trying to hold camps and tournaments, MLS. Major League Baseball, all this stuff's happening. And now it's turning out like teams are getting infected because these people have to interact with the community in order to exist. So they're ordering food or going to restaurants or, you know, encountering people who are servicing the field or, you know, whatever, the maintenance, the, the training, whatever. And now athletes are coming down. I don't think it's hit MLS yet, but, you know, I'm just looking at this Florida experience, right? And I'm like, all I see is the Philadelphia Phillies and Toronto Blue Jays are shutting down camp and all, all this All uh,
0: facilities had to close down be- and do a deep cleaning, you know, um, because of what what's happening, Clearwater and Dunedin. Um, you have, you know, the Tampa Bay Lightning who players have tested yep. positive um, and that's just down the road from Orlando where the MLS is going to be kind of using uh, Disney World as a hub uh, no news out of MLS but you have like I mentioned you know Baseball. uh, In regards to NBA, there's a lot of high-profile players who are starting to speak out and say, "Hey, we need to make sure that things are safe for us before we actually do go to Disneyland, uh, Disney World." And you know, we're seeing a lot of actual stuff where they are literally going to be contained in the resort, and like you know, it's going to be very restrictive and things like that. But you, it's still not possible to fully, um, I guess, keep everyone safe. The it NHL, just takes one person. Yeah, the, it, that's, right? it, that's That's exactly it. It just takes one person. The NHL, they're talking about a hub city. And, and to me, this is crazy because the two hub cities they have planned and rumored to be are Las Vegas, who are hitting record numbers after casinos reopened two weeks ago. And you have Toronto, who is still on phase one of reopening because of the surrounding cities being hit really hard still. So... You know, it just goes to show you that business and dollars are still driving these decisions and not the safety of the athletes. So all it takes is one person to not listen, to do something on their own, get infected, get everyone infected, and boom, the entire league will have to shut down yet again.
1: Yeah, and we're talking about athletes in close proximity, and so the one compromise goes viral, excuse the pun. So what I'm thinking about is do you do the same thing with production So where you have a movie or a TV show and you lock down the staff to get that season in the can and then get it out there? You know, like, like the, the, the amount of the economics of this must change at a certain point where these movie production studios and whatnot are going to be looking at possibly a lot higher budgets for this stuff and not in the areas that we get excited for as fans of it, where we go, oh my goodness, you know, the special effects are really great or the volume is really great, but the money is going to be spent on locking down sets yeah. and, and, and coronavirus testing. And you know what I mean? Like, and here's the other thing, you know, a lot of the testing loopholes where they're sitting there and going, well, you have to have a test within the last two weeks to show that you don't have the virus. Well, it just takes me going out to one place and now I have the virus.
0: Yeah. That's exactly it. All it takes is for one person to make up their mind to go somewhere. And again, you don't know whether someone is um, asymptomatic and gets hit hard and boom, you know, everything hurts. So let's take a look at how production is going to be working, at least in California. So California, outside of Los Angeles, can start filming uh, TV and movies. And they were able to start June 12th. Los Angeles is still a no-go. They're still gonna. F- they still have a lot to figure out. So one of the big changes in regards to how thing is how things are going to be on set is the elimination of buffet style meals, um, and this is for Phil a requirement to wipe down handheld props after each use. Oh jeez. <laughs> oh. So. You know so We have to
1: clean stuff now. Yeah, we have to clean stuff now.
0: Music, TV, and film production may resume in California, recommended no sooner than June 12, 2020, and subject to approval by county public health officers within the jurisdictions of operations, the department said. To reduce the risk of COVID-19 transmission, production, cast, crew, and other industry workers should abide by safety protocols agreed by labor and management, which may further be enhanced by the county public health officials. Uh studio production companies and workers have been desperate to learn um, you know when they what these new rules entail and in this Los Angeles Times article there is talk of kind of keeping the entire crew locked in you know not to get like yeah locked together basically yeah. um, to I can't see that, any
1: other way yeah like honestly like you know depending on the scope of the project and whatnot you can't have people going out and compromising the integrity of the entire crew. So as far as, you know, so actors and, and, and production staff and whatnot, have to be very committed to these projects. Yeah. Hopefully that translates, you know, not that, you know, everybody's got their different feelings and whatnot about content, but hopefully it also reflects really well on the product, right? Where you get a full on awesome product, awesome show, because, uh, you know, it's, it's a big ask of those people. But it's got to up cost because they're going to be in hotels. They're going to, you know what I mean? Like, they're going to be away from their families. That's a lot,
0: man. It's a a huge huge commitment for the employees themselves. Like, what if there are, you know, for one reason or another, they can't be away for months at a time? You know? Yeah. It's all task
1: for. Do you know these projects? And then you're looking at start and stop. So I, I don't know. Like, you look at reshoots and production schedules and and whatnot and i don't know does the actor stay committed and and then we're trying to come up with quicker ways to edit together and get stuff you know to a point where you can start doing the reshoots while they're still in containment you know because it could move on to another movie or another project and how does that affect timeline well that's exactly
0: timelines like schedules do they want to crunch schedules and do a full production in less time which is going to be insane for everyone involved um, just to make sure that they can get something done before the you know something bad happens you know yeah. so um, in true Jurassic Park um I guess lure Universal's Jurassic world Dominion is going to be the first major studio movie back underway in the UK so Jurassic Park opening before it's ready go figure. Um, essentially, Universal's Jurassic World Dominion is set to be the first major studio movie to be to restart filming proper in the UK. Uh, cameras are due to roll the second week of July, July six, at Pinewood Studios. The filmmakers and studio top brass have pulled out all the stops to get the production back underway um, after it was halted. Do we know when that's supposed to come out? Twenty twenty one.
1: Okay. Yeah. All right. I, for some reason, was under the assumption that it was twenty twenty. Maybe it was the start of production that got delayed because I saw a lot of hype from, I follow Perry Nemiroff um, from Collider and uh, I see her, she gets excited about Jurassic Park production stuff. So I saw her hitting a lot of stuff out on Insta and whatnot. So I was like, oh, it's got to be, she's getting ramped up for it. It's got to be coming soon.
0: Forget this. Uh, The studio is understood to be spending around $5 million on its protocols, which will see the production carry out thousands of tests during the remainder of filming. All cast and crew will be tested before returning to set, and then again multiple times during filming. The safety measures will will include the commission of a private medical facility called Your Doctor to manage the entire production's medical needs, COVID training for all cast and crew, whatever that means, on-site doctors, nurses, and isolation booths. One hundred. I love how they have an actual number. 150 hand sanitizer stations, nightly antiviral <laughs> fogs, more than 1,800 safety signs put up around Pinewood, and green zones for shooting cast and crew. Masks will be obligatory, other than for actors while performing. Um, yeah. So anyone with symptoms will be isolated immediately before being sent home. Um, we want to I can sh-
1: just say this about the testing yeah all right that great that they're doing it. but I hope that they have some kind of quick test that they can do and not these nasal diggers Yeah if you get a test here in Canada, you're getting a Q-tip up your nose like a seven inches or, or something deep. it goes they have to get right back in your cavity. I can't imagine that being a fun thing to do on the daily. So, oh man, the technology better be there <laughs> for that because I, I could see some pretty pissed off Chris Pratt type people.
0: Well, here's the <laughs> thing. They're not going to be testing them daily. They said that everyone's going to be tested before production and then they're going to be tested at random intervals during production. So they could be going on their day. Doing whatever, making contact with hundreds and hundreds of people, talking and uh, making contact with the actors themselves, or it could be an actor, and you could have the virus and not even know it, and you know, pass it on to the entire crew. So yeah, it's just it's, crazy. It's cr- like
1: while they're, well, they're trying, know, here's, right? Here's it's, the it's, thing. They're I understand putting together a plan, but it's tough to do on the fly when we don't have the science.
0: That's the thing. There's still a lot of unknown about COVID-19, and I fully understand that we have to get back to normal but with precautions with the right knowledge we can create the right procedures and right now we just don't have that knowledge so everything seems you know a little off the cuff and a little sporadic and a little spontaneous and a little forced and a little crazy and i don't know like i know they're trying their best but it just like reading through this and thinking about the possibilities between this and everything that's going on with sports all you need is one major movie to go down before unions throw a fit
1: you know yeah and rightfully so yeah yeah this isn't this isn't a union commentary no it's people's lives yep right and you're putting money before their lives
0: yep yeah, no, it's absolutely it's, um, it's 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 crazy like when you actually sit down and think about the bigger picture. You know, and and that's the thing like I fully understand that we need to get back to normal as best as humanly possible. The economy needs to recover. We need to get back on with our daily lives and our daily grind. But these plans are off the cuff, sporadic based on the information that we know and, you know, when just thinking about it, it just seems all crazy and hectic and like You know, I want the best. I don't want anything to stop once it's been started again, like a production or a sports league. But I just like, you know, the scientist in me is saying, whoa, this is not going to be good. We are opening the park up way too early.
1: Yeah. And even with Disneyland, Disney World, all this Disney stuff, the parks, the theme parks, Everything I know, they're socially distancing and whatnot. But where these places have been successful in reopening are places overseas in, you know, uh, Korea and and whatnot that yeah. basically were successful in really downplaying the virus. Yeah. I'm not going to say they eradicated it, but they did a lot better at it than America did. Yeah. All right. And I'm not saying that to be nationalistic or anything. I think we have a different approach here in Canada. And I'm thankful for it because um, it seems to be a lot more compromise based as far as I'm concerned. Um, and it just seems like things are getting rushed in certain parts of the world and ignored. You know, there's a lot of chatter about all that stuff. And that's the risk here is, you know, that's unfortunately where a lot of our content is uh, as far as, yeah. you know, us as consumers it's happening in England. Like this is Pinewood Studios in England, you know, famous, famous soundstage and production facility where they film the Muppets yes and Star Wars yes. you might have heard of that but you know I don't know I, I just um, I worry about a lot of stuff I hope it never doesn't come true that's not I really do but 2020 like has just been a bag of shit for everybody yeah right like the whole the the year is a dumpster fire we're in June right now. And you know, it's it's surreal. It's surreal for everybody. And to you know, just even personally thinking about the daily stuff that we have to challenge to get back into a workplace or whatever is daunting. Yeah. I can only like this is just crazy, you know. And like it's just a, a nutty, nutty risk exposure. Yeah, like,
0: and movies and sports and entertainment, these are all supposed to be kind of that entertainment and distractions and unfortunately you know they are very susceptible to a lot of issues that could arise because there's just so many unknowns still and again i'm not i'm hoping for the best and like i said i fully understand that we need to get back to new normal and this is kind of like a i'm not even gonna say the new normal it's more of a temporary normal until we know more and 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 can guide ourselves better But, you know, I'm just really hoping for the best and I hope for the health of, you know, everyone involved and everyone going to back to work in these sorts of environments. You know, I'm lucky where I can work from home and I know that I'm going to be safe at home. But unfortunately, not everyone has that opportunity.
1: It's a catch 22 at the end of the day. I hate using that statement. But when we look at it all in perspective, right now we're all stuck at home, so we're Consuming media like crazy Which is making the media companies Accelerate production now yeah. At the risk of the production teams And the actors And all the great people Who do all the great work Behind the scenes And in front of the camera um, It's putting them at risk Just so they can get more product out there To get more money and eyeballs And, and, and all the things that drive Those businesses And I get it, you know But man, it's tough I want to have great new things to talk about All the time too. I want to have great things to consume and whatnot. But geez, man, this is, this is a tough one. Like let the video games take a turn in the chair, man, (laughs) you know, and, and use your devs and, and, and everything at home working remotely to, to collaborate and, and produce and distribute digitally. And you know what I mean? Like I get it. I have to go to the grocery store to get groceries, but you don't necessarily need to put people in front of the camera in order to make me entertained at night, I'll find a way.
0: Yeah. And, and, you know, if even if this brings some joy to to us, and that's fantastic, but, you know, I just can't help about, like, help think about these people and these people's families and, you know, just thinking that every day something, you know, whatever. I'm not trying to be a, a... negative nancy here or, or whatever it's just like no we're the just reality
1: we're just looking at it in a realistic way right like, yeah. we're just trying to balance it out a little bit
0: but you know is, and
1: maybe those people are just really excited to get
0: back to work i was about to say that you know at the end of the you know, day there's an upside it makes me excited to see that hey we're we're finally seeing production coming back you know jurassic park is a huge franchise huge money maker um, you know, Batman, Little Mermaid, they're all going to be filmed in, in the UK. So I'm sure that they're all starting up very soon. Um, and, you know, it's just that's, you know, it's all entertainment. It's all for fun. That's that's. okay. What it's here's a to. question for you. Here's a question for Boris. Go. Matrix 4. Matrix 4. Happy or happy not happy? Or not happy? Red pill or blue pill? Mm mm-hmm.
1: hmm. Hmm. I feel weird about this one. I don't know.
0: The thought of this makes me a little dark and moist. Yeah.
1: I. (laughs) Man, I don't know. Like, I really enjoyed the trilogy. Yeah. I saw the announcement in number four, and I bring it up because it got mentioned in one of these push articles that they were pushing out Matrix 4. I don't know how far along they are on production. I didn't research it, but it made me think that they were further along than what I had thought. Because it seemed to be something that was being pitched to me as, wouldn't it be nice if we made this movie and you know oh we're getting a budget for it and stuff like that? Like it seemed to be very pre-production story mode, and now it just sounds like it, this this whole COVID nineteen thing has pushed a date for it. Yeah. So I didn't realize a date had set. Yeah, it was the um, same which day, which means as... to me like it's happening right. It was like, actually
0: is... supposed to be released the same day as the next John Wick movie, so it would have been double Keanu all over your face. Wow. Wow. That May of 2021, but they got moved out. So here's the okay. thing. Here's 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 thing. Red pill reveals an unpleasant truth. Blue pill, ignorance is bliss. Mm-hmm. Do I would I want to take the red pill and see the new Matrix or the blue pill and ignorance is bliss and only live with the three that came out? I'm gonna have to say I'm gonna go with the red pill. Just because I know that in my gut I shouldn't be saying this, but I have faith in the Wachowskis that they can make an epic comeback. And mm-hmm. you know because they've had so much time since the last one, I feel like they've had time to really think about this. And get back to those philosophical roots, you know, thinking of, of, of the cave and, you know, seeing your shadows and then actually waking up and seeing the world for what it actually is. And, you know, all these things and, and metaphors and, you know, small things like the, the movie. <laughs> it's in tough, man. Beautiful. It's tough. But here's the thing. Bring it on. Bring it on. Bring it on. I, did you watch Cloud Atlas? Cloud Atlas? No, I have not. That was what they did. All right.
1: I think Speed Racer was number one, the Wachowskis. Yeah. Live action Speed Racer, which just didn't do it for me.
0: But, you know, you get
1: your hits, you get your misses, and I'm Uh judging that way. Uh But then Cloud Atlas was the next one that I can recall. And I'm totally going by what's in my brain. And Cloud Atlas, I don't know how many times I tried to watch that movie. That's a good one for sleeping. Like Mm -hmm. it. It's into itself. And I know it's a book, you know, that type of thing. I'm hopeful too. You know what? I'm hopeful. I don't know. I don't know the production crew on this. Like, is Joel Silver back? Is Joel Silver still around? I met that guy (laughs) on the set of Bulletproof Monk or something. Or maybe it was a Steven Seagal movie that he was filming here in Toronto. And um, yeah, uh, interesting dude. Talented, obviously, with a lot of what he's touched. We talked about Lethal Weapon. I think he did number two. A lot of production, and um, you know, he hit it big with the Matrix. That's yeah. for sure.
0: So, so awesome. the Matrix Four released will be released on April first, twenty twenty-two. Amazing date. jeez.
1: Oh, that's hilarious.
0: Um, it will be directed by Lana Wachowski. So only Lana. Yeah. Um, produced by Grant Hill. Screenplay by David Mitchell and Alexander Heeman. So Hmm. there you go.
1: I hope I know I'll be taking the red pill too. You know, I can't, I can't look away. I just hope that it's not, you know, a dumpster fire. And it sounds like the casting and whatnot, you know, you get Keanu, you get Carrie and Moss. You get these people back on screen. It'd be good to see the reunion. I know they joke about it all the way through John Wick. You know, with, with Morpheus-type yeah. character and actor. And just, you know, they, they they play with us. And the key man was in number three. And, you know, there's a lot of little fun Matrix reunions that go on in John Wick and the cameos and the casting. But,
0: yeah. You know who should be in uh, the new Matrix? Who? Jennifer Connolly?
1: Oh, yeah. <laughs> hey, I'm hoping that she uh takes up the role of the goblin
0: king in labyrinth 2. Yeah, that would be really cool. So these are movies that are going to be resuming production um very shortly. I feel like this is turning into an avatar podcast. I feel like we've talked about this almost every if not every episode. So Avatar 2, I thought they oh. I thought this was fucking done. <laughs> oh, no, they're doing it's reshoots. never done. They're doing reshoots. Reshoots. Yeah. That, yeah.
1: This is I think there's three movies, two movies, three movies coming out. Like there's, and now that Disney owns it, you know, it's gone from, you know, vaporware as we call it in the video game industry, when something is promised and never materializes, it went from vaporware to tangible money, Yeah, you know, because now Disney's like, well, we got to get this shit done, you know, and James Cameron is like, well, the technology exists now, so I'll do it, you know, and obviously played around with Alita Battle Angel to to test some of where that technology could go. And apparently Disney have it under wraps that there's two more Alita Battle Angel movies that are in the wings. Yep,
0: there's a lot they're of They're just not
1: mind confirming mind. it. You yep. know, they're they're being gun-shy about the confirmation, but there's a lot of online petitioning and whatnot, yep. which it was a great movie. It was it was a surprising movie for me because I, I saw the rollerblading shit and thought, oh, gosh, like... I don't think I've ever enjoyed a movie that had a rollerblade element. I did. So, what's that you did?
0: I did uh, that one Which with. One? Um, uh, what's her face? Uh, with Ellen Page, it is. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. You're right. That was uh, good. I uh, forget.
1: Yeah, I remember it with Ellen Page I re- I can't remember the name of the movie, but I did see it So, I don't know, I stand corrected But anyhow, it just looked a little gimmicky To the outside observer Whip it But then once I got into it, I, I picked up the movie And I watched that Elite Battle Angel And Robert Rodriguez obviously being involved in it. it Was a big attraction point for me And um, it ended up being a good show Like it ended yeah. up, I was interested in the in the universe I think I, I bought the manga Yeah online to to kind of do a deeper dive into the world i haven't done that yet just haven't had the time Yeah, but it definitely sold me on it so good on them on that like that felt like a new fresh idea to put on a film avatar just feels like that one and done might have been my preference but
0: it's so so that story so often that's i think that's the thing that keeps hitting me about the first avatar and don't you love how i just completely put this podcast at a halt To get my point across uh, (laughs) in regards to... So the movie is called Whip It by Ellen Page. Or starring Ellen Page. Anyways, so Avatar 2. um, We talked about Jurassic World Dominion. Um, There's an Elvis film starring Tom Hanks. uh, Mission Impossible 7. The Little Mermaid. The Batman. Uh, Those are the six movies that are going to resume filming over the next few weeks and now when we're actually taking a look at the movies that are scheduled to be released you know the big ones so you have greyhound uh starring tom hanks where he stars in and directs a world war ii epic um the original release Mm. date was june 19th um the new release date is july 10th so interesting because amc won't even be open in the states by then but that's that uh, Mulan, July 24th, original release date March 27. Uh, Tenet, July 31st, original, well, the original release date was July 17th. Um, in its place, on, on July 17th, uh, they are actually going to re release Inception. There's a lot of rumors that Tenet is, takes place in the Inception world. So it's interesting yeah, cool. that in its place, it's they're releasing Inception.
1: Yeah, prep the audience. Yeah, Bill and it's Ted. Hey, I've heard on a on a on a good note. I heard Greyhound is going to be absolutely awesome.
0: Yeah, it looks. I great. know it's
1: flying under our radar right now, but everything that I've heard is like that's going to be the next. Um, big war movie type thing like it's going to be the next big epic
0: those war movies just like you know they're saving private Ryan you know you kind of heard about that but you know it was what it was Um, 1917 kind of came out of nowhere and it was the huge hit of 2019 Um, so I'm really looking forward to oh I'll
1: segue you here too because you've done this to me all right 1917 all right I didn't want to see it yeah I haven't finished it but I've enjoyed I've probably watched about three quarters of it I've enjoyed what I've seen so far. You did the same thing to me with Jojo Rabbit. Yeah. Uh-huh. All right? A movie that I just didn't think was going to hit me. Yeah. Holy cow, what a film. Yeah. All right? What a film. And then you did it to me again with Knives Out. Yeah. All right? Because it came on a prime here in Canada, Amazon Prime. And I'll tell you something about me. I don't like detective shit.
0: Yep. I know. All
1: right? I... It, it doesn't offend me I can sit through it A whodunit is not high on my list At least a whodunit that's not Done in a Sci-fi or some kind of twist Right uh, that hooks me That way So I, I, I'm not Alien to the concept I just I'm not big into just a classic Whodunit film and I Couldn't stop watching Knives Out I, And all credit to Ryan Johnson And everyone else on that, because I kept on blowing that movie off and and putting a lot of Star Wars angst in
0: oh, it. That Johnson, movie got a you? lot of hate because of Ryan Johnson. Star Wars, yeah, you know, and
1: and it's not that guy. And that guy's a, I know we've talked about Looper, we've talked about his other movies, okay. And I get it, you know, he's overlooked and he got his chance and maybe boffed it with Star Wars a little bit. But Knives Out, honestly, if you don't think it's your movie. Give it a shot. Yeah. It was way more entertaining than I thought a movie like that could be for me. I enjoyed it thoroughly. All right. So I, and you know what, part of the thing too, circling back on video games is a lot of the reviewers are saying, find some reviewers that you identify with. Yes. And that's why I'm trying to give people and listeners a backstory on this, because if I really liked a movie and you think that you like the stuff that I like from how you get to know Boris and I, through this podcast, might be able to make a recommendation for you that might be surprising for you. So just giving you that context.
0: So I'm going to go down the rest of the list and then let's talk about what sounds interesting. So we have Bill and Ted face the music August 21st. The New Mutants will finally be coming out on August 28th. Let's see if that actually happens. Uh, Wonder Woman 1984, October 2nd. Halloween Kills October 16th, Black Widow November 6th, Uh, No Time to Die November 20, Um, Dune December 18th, Coming to America December 18th, Uh, West Side Story December 18th, Uh, Top Gun Maverick December 23rd, Eternals February 12th 2021, Ghostbusters Afterlife, March 5th, 2021, Uh, Morbius, March 19th, 2021, Uh, Shang-Chi and the Ten Rings, that's uh, Marvel, May 7th, 2021, Godzilla vs. Kong, May 21st, 2021, Uh, Uncharted, October 8th, 2021, The Batman, Mm. October 1st, 2021. Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness, November fifth, twenty twenty one, and then Elvis Presley biopic, February, November fifth, twenty twenty one. Quiet Place two, uh, still unspecified. Production kind of got halted at the worst time for that one. Um, we have Spiral, which is the the rebirth of the Saw franchise, starring Chris Rock and Samuel L. Jackson um that one is still unspecified but the original release date was May 15th 2020
1: and then somewhere out there in the ether is Guardians of the Galaxy
0: yeah
1: number 4 you know cuz i think that's impacted by Suicide Squad 2 with James Gunn yes so the uh, uh, you know disney are like oh we don't even have it in the timeline anymore so who knows when that's going to come out yeah hey you know like the, my hot picks off of that are obviously going to be like Doctor Strange 2. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I take my money. Yeah. Um, I'm not a Wonder Woman guy, but I was impressed with Wonder Woman, the standalone movie. And I was impressed with the portrayal of Wonder Woman in, oh, this is going to be controversial, in Justice League. Yeah. So I thought that that was a, one of the strong points.
0: I'm uh, in. Bill interested. and Ted's just yes. going to be like a
1: dice roll. Yeah. You know, I'm going to watch Fun it. movie.
0: I'm going to watch it because why not? So the one that in- the ones that interest me are Bill and Ted. Um, New Mutants, just because this movie has been yeah. <laughs> delayed so many times um, that I just want to see what all the fuss was about. Um, Wonder Woman, obviously. Um, Black Widow, I'm actually somewhat interested in to kind of see where they can yeah. go with it. Um, I'm really interested in Dune uh, and Top Gun, Maverick. Uh, and then the Ghostbusters Afterlife, you know, Paul Rudd, um, that trailer came out earlier in the year. To me, it looked really interesting, you know, um, kind of yeah. going back to the original. It looks like
1: fun, but yep. again, you know, two of those movies right there, I'm going to pick off and just say retreading. Yeah. Well, you thank know, you. Top Gun, Ghostbusters.
0: No, Top Gun you know. is a sequel. It's a sequel. It's not retreading, yeah. it's a sequel. Calm I know, down. But- how much how much
1: do you think Tom Cruise is going to change as that character how much do you think you know they 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 apparently didn't invite the girl lead back because she got fat yeah so like yeah. there's some weird stuff going on there so i expect some shaky writing and a lot of really good special effects in that one like yeah. it's not it, it's definitely going to be your summer blockbuster brought to you by winter this year
0: um <laughs> it's true you know, um, yeah. That, remember- that,
1: that, that, hey, what was the other one you picked out of that? Uh Eternals. Know, Rewind. Dune. Eternals will be fun, Dune. Dune. Oh, Dune. Dune. Oh, yeah. Please
0: yeah. take
1: my money now. I, I there's been some set photos that I've seen of Oscar Isaac and whatnot in the suit. Yeah. And I'm just like holy shit. Yeah. Yeah. This is yeah. It's and apparently it like the book be. is like resurging now. Yeah. on the paperback lists, and they're bringing out a graphic novel of it, which uh, you know, like it's a great, great, deep world. Yep, and you know, good on them for trying to reattempt it because, like we discussed last time, the 1980s attempt left a lot to be desired. I, I guess it was—it's a spectacle in and of itself. Exactly, it's not a bad movie. No, it just just weird. It had a weird funk. Yep,
0: it was moist, (laughs) dank and moist. So it looks like November and December are going to be the new summer of movies in (laughs) winter, and it'll be really cool. And I'm—I don't know—I like the whole. How am I going to consume movies? I know I always ask you the question, and I haven't really answered it myself. And I'm thinking about this as I'm talking, and you know, I'm kind of in the same boat as you. Um, You know, for me, I I just—I don't know. There's a part of me that just likes watching movies in the comfort of my home. There is an aspect of me that likes going to the theater, and that's more of a social thing. Even though you can have the same social thing at home, um, there's just something about actually going to the theater. But, uh, you know, I think just in general, you know, I'm going to be taking a while to just doing a lot of the things that I used to. Um, So, you know, I'll I'll see how I consume all these movies. But, you know, there are some really cool stuff that is coming out. And I hope that, you know, people and these... um, these movies make money. Like I hope that at the end of the day, it's just not like a, uh, a dark hole in the entertainment industry. Cause I know that it's, it's, it's going to be tough. It's going to be rough, but I hope it's, um, you know, it works out for everyone.
1: Counterpoint here though. All right. I, I get you. I'm there, but yeah. these things make a lot of money. Yeah. All right. Taking three months off. If there's nothing that this COVID-19 has introduced into my mind, is how self-inflated our world is with how busy we are and how busy we make ourselves. And this has forced us all to slow down yeah. and start thinking about what's important, yep. right? What do we actually enjoy? Uh, spending time alone or in the quiet or listening to music or you know, trying to find those outlets has actually, I think, been helping a lot of people. I know it introduced a lot of emotional and, and mental stress as well on the other side of things too. But I think that people, it's changing society in a way. And I just think that these corporations, right, they make a lot of money. It just bothers me, and I'm going to tack this on there, but the idea that Loblaws and, and all these companies are taking the $2 wage premium away from the people who are working the front lines, that's disgusting to me because they're still, like, their profits are going up because people can't stop buying food. Yeah. You know, and it's like, to take the money out of the, The hands of the people who are working the hardest for them. And, you know, I'll bet all these executives get their billion dollar or million dollar bonuses, whatever. I know I'm exaggerating and whatnot, but it just leaves a little bit of a bitter taste in your mouth as a person. Cause I'm like, man, you know, how much money can these corporations take? And I don't think movie companies are hurting. Yeah. I agree. You know, they should be managing their money and pre anticipating these types of events now. Maybe it changes that. You know where second or third waves Or mutations or possible Other slowdowns in the world could come Or new viruses I don't know What world we're living in anymore it isn't More than anybody else But it's, it's certainly an interesting Angle yeah. about it And you're right like I want them to succeed But at the same, at the same, time. same rate yeah. I want them to be responsible too
0: Yeah, I agree I, that, I think that is a perfect Point To end this discussion in But before we go Bill, how can our listeners get a hold of us?
1: You can check us out on the internet on the website's called www.itscannonpodcast.com. You can find us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, at ItsCon Podcast. You can email us at show at itscannonpodcast.com. You can subscribe via Apple Podcasts, uh, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, anywhere that you get podcasts, you can find us there. Just look for Its Canon Podcast. And if you like what you hear so far, make sure you never miss a show by clicking subscribe button. And basically it's made possible by listeners like you. So please listen, give us a rating, give us some feedback, get in touch with us. You can find us. We will. Thanks be, for listening.
0: Thank you for listening. We will be talking and reading some of those reviews, um, in the upcoming weeks. Uh, but I just want to thank everyone for listening and, uh, you know, Take a listen as the song that leads us out is Love Under Fire by Swamp Thing. Check out the Bandcamp link that we're going to have on the show notes. Donate. It's all going to a great cause. Um, And like I said, there's nothing more than I like than uh, artists and content creators helping artists and content creators. So thank you to everyone. Thank you, Phil, for joining me. I know that it's eaten up our night, but it's been a pleasure as always.
1: Yes, thank you, Boris. I never get to say thank you.
0: I know. Good night, everyone, and thank you.